There's another one too about yeah. like uh, he used to be one. six foot. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. What time is it? It's 11.04. Tool time. 11.04. So at 11.34, we'd be wrapping up. Okay. Let me, okay. Let me also uh, go to HBO Synopsis. I want to make sure we have HBO Synopsis. I promise not to look at this fucking thing all throughout the episode this time. Fucking thing. Fucking thing sucks. God damn it. I'm sorry. There you go. God damn it, Hush Stedler. <laughs> Blew his fucking head off. <laughs> the cream of the crop, brother. <laughs> that is a reference to a pro- promo reel starring Macho Man Randy Savage where he takes a coffee thing and just goes on a rant about the cream of the crop. And it's a beautiful, it's like one of well, the best things yeah, he, he just, ever he did. He just keeps pulling more cream out yeah. from different places that you're like, how does he even yeah. have this in his like wrestling outfit? It yeah. also sounds just like Yosemite Sam. Yeah. yeah. Oh! <laughs> um, Which is, we already talked about this once, but that's how they were all supposed to sound, right? That would be, they, that they would, that would be, that would be period accurate. Yeah. They were period accurate cussing. Concerned, son of a bitch. Tarnation. Tarnation. And so they, they're like, no, let's go with the F word. Dad gummit. <laughs> um, welcome to another episode of Anyways, a video podcast where we discuss the television series Deadwood. Today and Peaches. We're, and Peaches. Today we're talking about Unauthorized Cinnamon, which is the seventh episode of the third season of Deadwood. What'd you guys... Th- oh, I'm Ben. I'm Jordan. I'm Steve the fucking drunk. Welcome. <laughs> uh, what'd you guys think of this episode? I think it's the second episode I've been Steve the fucking drunk. Yeah. It's a dark path to go down. <laughs> Very dark. Though he showed a little bit of improvement this episode, as you guys noted. He didn't want to murder him in his sleep. didn't want to murder Fields in yeah. his sleep. He's, he's doing that, like, uh, protest too much. Yeah. Bashful. I'm like, still ooh, hard. I won't murder you. You, you can... <laughs> Stay on work here. Whatever. If you fucking want to. I don't, whatever, I don't, right? I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in between like racist rants. He, Jane kind of had the same thing. Like what? She she was a little oh, bit Oh, about like wanting to be a lesbian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she she they were both a bit softer. Yeah. And but Jane is less of a cartoon. Like yeah. she's still yeah, yeah. a cartoon, but she's she's like a real human being. But there's a real battle going on with like uh, the the sort of. Uh, image that they want to be perceived as right. versus like what their heart of hearts yeah. wants kind of thing. Yeah. Um, just for the record, this is their episode, episode where they, 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 there's another meeting, Peaches are brought out and they discuss how to deal with Hearst as a camp. Um, and for, for Steve the Drunk, he gets a little teary-eyed when he's talking to Fields. And he's like, not, he starts to kick him out, he goes on a racist rant, and then he just says, I don't want to kill you. And it's... Uh, it's very effective. And the music goes, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I, my goal as a moderator here is to shut up more. What, what do you guys, what do you guys think of this episode? Besides Steve, well, can we you want to go to Jane or besides what, what? Steve? Well, I mean, we've been talking about. Steve. Well, we just, I mean, there's not much more to Steve the fucking drug this episode yeah, anyway. Yeah. So that's just, that's his arc. Yeah, I mean, he's he's mad that Harry Manning is uh, tied up with uh, having an allergic reaction to cinnamon, and he's also mad that all they want to do is talk about their toy fire truck that mm-hmm. they want to. Which is he a good wants point. To be invited yeah. to me. Yeah. He's like with the rest of the five year olds. Yeah, exactly. And it, it is right. true. Like all that Harry Manning and uh, uh, Tom Nuttall want to do is just promote their fire truck. That's mm-hmm. been that's been their ridiculous arc. Heavy <laughs> foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, oh, there's things that we, we want to say yeah. that we cannot say. And I mean to have a conversation with you about spoilers and what is what we can tell Chad. What constitutes? Because there's things that we could almost say. Yeah. But we, that we'll wait till we're not recording. But, yeah. um, uh, ah, fuck. Uh, Jane. How about let's talk about, well, let's, let's talk about Jane. We'll talk about Jane's addiction. All right, Jane's addiction. This is the second time I made that joke, I think. Um, <laughs> she does have one. She does. She has a scene where she's been falling apart for several she's, episodes. She's drunk again. She's sad. Yeah. She's, she's doing one of those, like, gas station baths where you just get, like, the main parts. Yeah. Uh, the sink. Ho- hobo bath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've always called it. And then, yeah, she's just like, I mean, you could scrub my fucking boobs if you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then <laughs> if she's, that's what you do. Yeah, she's trying to, she's trying to angrily... Uh, admit that she wants to have sex with Joni. Yeah, and and she Joni responds with something she's talked about before, where about her father forcing her to prostitution with her her sisters at, yeah. at a very early age. Right, and so they just lead from that right to like that's that's the foreplay. Is yeah. Jane is like, wash my tits. Oh, and then Joni's like, yeah, I was forced to uh, uh, rape my siblings, and then. Then from there they kiss. So mm-hmm. that's it's about as romantic as Deadwood gets. It really yeah. is. That's yeah. a pretty pretty dark scene, but it's also commiserating yeah. our tragic backstories. Yeah, but yeah. let's be lesbian lovers right mm-hmm. here. Yeah, it's like oh, wow. and it, and it works. It, yeah. it works as a scene because I, I want I, I'm pulling for Joni and Jane. Yeah, and um, and I, I, hope, you know, I hope those kids make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though so, oh yeah, thought you're talking about. Actual children. Oh no! Like no, that no. I wasn't thinking of. It's no, like, like that old, that old. Yeah, tired hope those saying, two crazy kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it's yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all that, that what that happened. That's all that happens with them. Sponge bath. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. It's a sponge bath. I don't think um, they go sponge bath kiss. Which Jane, oh, uh, the the best part is Jane's look at the end where she's like, she, 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 did, she did a pee shiver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get yeah. I mean, it's good. You get the sense that things don't go Jane's way that often. Yeah. Like, she yeah. doesn't get to, like, make out with the girl that she thinks is hot yeah. very often. So she so. has this little moment of ecstasy at the end of it. That's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah. But, well, um... Let's see. What else happened in this episode? Uh, they met. Uh, they had a meeting. Uh, yeah. They, had, they the, had the meeting. The contents of the meeting. And Bring out the fucking pieces. Yeah. They There was a debate over... Unauthorized cinnamon. Un- unauthorized cinnamon. Which the the titular cinnamon of the episode. <laughs> yeah. This cinnamon ha- has a, a weaving plot in this. <laughs> in this episode, or there's in lots of twists and turns with the cinnamon <laughs> in, in yeah, this episode. There's this this issue over protocol. Between... Oh, maybe there was a there's a larger arc for the cinnamon in the yeah, show. Yeah, <laughs> the cinnamon is heavy foreshadowing. <laughs> well, well, Dan is like very put out by the notion that Jewel would put out yeah. cinnamon to go with peaches at right. a meeting. Right. We've always had these peaches put out. What's funny is I can kind of relate to Dan's frustration in that yeah. moment. Like He's got so much going on and he's dealing with so much and it's like, don't do anything that's not been agreed upon. That's a complication. I don't need to factor in right now. But, but the other thing about it is too is like as soon as you start putting the cinnamon out, then you have to do it every time. Yeah. Because then everybody's right. like, where's the cinnamon? Yeah. yeah and it's right. like, he's like, He's like, this is as fucking nice as it gets. We fucking stab the can, open the fucking thing, and, and put the peaches out. Okay, we'll that's it. Complicate the process here. <laughs> the, the, the peaches are only there because one time Al said to Johnny, 
put some stuff out, some fruit. Yeah. And Johnny was like, okay, we, we got, got some canned peaches. Exactly. <laughs> peaches and, and pears. And just like and just like with all government, you can't take things away. You can only add things to it. To the ritual, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, but it's it's now like for them putting together those meetings, that's the central component. Sure, is the of, peaches of this thing. And yeah. so now it's like, I don't know. And then Jewel is like, well, no, I get to do something too. Right. And she claims it. And it works out well. Harry Manning eats yeah, the she's in there. Yeah. She's in there like looking from the doorway. And right. he's like, Don't get the fuck out of the doorway. Stop fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Jewel is triumphant. She gives yes, him the middle finger. Yeah. And did, yeah. Danny, it's great. I mean, Johnny, I mean, Dan. Whoa. Is Danny. Is, is Danny. Combination Whoa. of Dan and Johnny. <laughs> he's like Hulk and, and Banner. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Holy shit. Danny. <laughs> This is a reference to a Marvel film where Hulk and Banner merge you, into a you've single. You've never beam. heard it's a very obscure film. <laughs> I'm just imagining a, a picture of, of Dan with curly hair <laughs> and a tiny lower body, yeah. <laughs> a large upper body. He's always bumping into stuff and accidentally cutting throats. <laughs> um, but but the cinnamon does poison Harry Manning, and Harry Manning gets yes. sick. Just like mm-hmm. uh, I think Tom Tom Nuttall or someone else got he sick. He said he got sick, but they didn't have cinnamon last time. It yeah. was just from the peaches. Just from the peaches. I mean, that can and happen. Him that can happen in the canning process. Upset yep. his stomach, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the only thing they agree on in this meeting is that they're going to publish this letter that, right. that Bullock well, that, wrote. I that feel like uh, has nothing to do with Hearst. Swearingen's really. like plan or his 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 go to in situations like this is to call for the guns. Yeah, and he's he's. Hoping someone has a better idea, and right. nobody really does. No, and that's kind of where they all land with the letter. It's like, all right, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, well, it's, it's an uh, attempt to. What did we just do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, at one point they're like all like uncharacteristically. I think there's the implication that they are some of them are genuinely moved. Certainly, Bullock is like oh, yeah. very. You know, oh yeah, that's a really nice letter, Bullock. Well, yeah, there's this mm-hmm. there's this nice slow creeping dolly shot down the table. Is like it feels like a. Twelve Angry Men or something, mm-hmm. where they're all sitting at this long table and yeah. they're all hearing like this very eloquent argument about something, mm-hmm. and they're just like almost all moved to tears. Yeah. And Cy Tolliver picks at his sleeve. Yeah. He's got something yeah. on his sleeve. He just needs to get rid of fidgety here because he's he's uh, uncomfortable with the what's stirring in in his uh, yeah frozen yeah, and, heart. <laughs> well, and before yeah. that, Al's picking at his nub. Yeah. Like like a little kid Tr- just picking at his little yeah. Nub, yeah. Like These- I guess having phantom. Pains or phantom itches or something yeah, yeah. there, um, but like uh, the, you know the letter is basically this guy w- was trying to organize. They never should say that, but mm-hmm. he was trying to organize and he got murdered for it. And he was a good man. Yeah, and uh, he wasn't mutilated. And uh, we hope that we're sorry. To, I'm sorry to inform you. Bullock is writing to this man's family. Right. And uh, it's basically just what none of a lot of these characters, especially Tolliver and Swearingen, is. Empathy for the dead mm-hmm. and recognition of their humanity when they were killed. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and it's like, normally it's disposal. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, uh, Swearingen has said that uh, a human being in his last extremity is a bag, bag of, of shit. shit. Yeah. yeah, but he seems to be turning around on that, and like that, the action was getting. He gets so sentimental in this episode that like he starts yelling at the doc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which it's you it's know like, it's not like he's angry at him. It's because he's like, I don't want you to fucking die. Yeah, I can't handle any any more of this shit. It's like yeah, I don't want to yeah. get used to a new fucking doc. A new doc's quirks. Yeah, yeah. and that's I mean in in a kind of like selfish way, right? A little bit. It's like you fucking deal with your sickness and get better because I can't handle you not being here. Exactly. 
But, but the, the letter also <laughs> the letter is also a good strategy, as Brian Cox, aka Jack Lagrish, praises it for, because it is saying these miners are being killed by this man Hearst. You have to get the town on yeah. your side. It's public relations. Yes. And, yeah. I, and I, I'm I don't it, yeah. I'm not quite sure if, how much of it. Swearingen is like, I'm trying to avoid bloodshed. I'm nonplussed that I'm trying to avoid bloodshed. But he's also thinking, you know, people need to know this Hearst killed this dude. He was innocent. Once again, uh, he's out of sorts. I think this happened last season too, where he just feels like he's like inept. This is, I think, that's like right after the Bullock thing, and he was like, while he was convalescing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, he feels like he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, I mean, you know, his usual tactics work, but but Hurst can outman and outgun them. But he, it, he can he can when it comes to right. blood, Hurst Hurst has the numbers. Right. And and so it's like a, a you know. A delicate walk that yeah. they're having to. Yeah, consider. they're going to they're have to uh, do a seven samurai thing here and have the whole town turn <laughs> on. Raise, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, do it. But but real quick, I was just going to say that uh, for once, I think Al doesn't consciously make a decision. Right. He just kind of like says it, and is I think deep down inside he knows why he's doing it. But he, but he wasn't thinking about that. It's All he was yet. doing was then there was pick, picking at his fucking finger Not a and then going. Level decision. Yeah, it was like it was an emotional decision that was also the right decision. That just happened to be strategically yes. really yes a good thing. And his his hair gets progressively. We don't see him drink with Brian Cox. We see Brian Cox uh, weep a little. Jacqueline Grish you know, like put on this front of oh I'm I'm just so sad and then like yeah. oh yeah I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a bottle. And right? the reason why and the reason why he likes Jack is because Jack bolsters his sense of self. Yeah, that's seemingly that's what it, that's yeah. what it seems like. Well, I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys have talked about them meeting and and him coming to camp and everything, but sure. you, you know there is a you know these are two. This is somebody from Al's past that he actually likes. Yes, which is rare, <laughs> yeah. very rare. And so when they're in the same room, it's like old friends together. Yeah, yeah, yeah because he, he was like, you should have been at the meeting. Yeah, yeah. It's right. like why, why, why right. should yeah. he have been at the meeting? Yeah. There was no real, yeah, you know. Yeah, and immediate reason he why. can keep up with him in like repartee. Yep, and uh, he's and even right now outpace outpace him right now because he's so distracted by everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Al as like the, we don't see him drink, but his this lock of hair on his forehead keeps going down throughout the day or the night, and so he just he looks a little bit more disheveled. Mm-hmm. His hair is a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, want I want to say before we move on, Pasco's letter is actually. A letter that the actual Reverend, I mean, Reverend, the actual Bullock wrote about uh, Reverend Smith, repurposed mm. with uh, replacing Pasco Carwin with Reverend Smith's name. Hmm. So it was a uh, someone. There's a when you type in Pasco's letter Deadwood, you get a, this Reddit post where someone's taken uh, a the letter that Bullock wrote in real life and the letter that he reads in the show. And it's basically the same letter, but it's just been altered to fit the situation. Sure. Um, but his, you know he was not mutilated. Phrases like that, um, right? Yeah. Um, well, Jack. Uh, I guess we could finish out his arc because there's not really much to it in this episode. I mean, he uh, goes and visits his dying friend, mm-hmm. who's talking about his bumps on his tongue. Yeah. And uh, who's doing it theatrically? Yes. And then so he's like, "I'm." Well, just they gonna- they all are. They're yeah. everybody in that theater troupe. Oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah. It's, that's uh, it's, I was gonna say perfect. too. Like, like if you thought uh, Deadwood dialogue was hard to understand before these guys came to town, yeah, this is this is when <laughs> they really lean into it. You better get ready for the theater troupe. Yeah, which is gonna get ready for people who are theatrical. Yes, <laughs> it's gonna knock your socks off. Um, 
but like you yeah, know brian cox commands a room he's when he fantastic. steps in is yeah. amazing yeah yeah and so basically he he disregards his dying uh, theater troop members talking about his tongue getting white bumps and so and then goes to the uh, the meeting of the group, and they they're gonna fix up that schoolhouse, turn into. A, a and then his asshole friend, what is his name? Uh, I don't know. The one who's always inquiring about. A uh, Bellegarde. Yeah. Bellegarde. It's, it, yeah, it's, it, it, it also sounds so Shakespearean. Bellegarde. Yeah. Bellegarde. <laughs> and and he screams at him for yeah. inquiring. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's poorly. Yeah. Everybody uh, in the thoroughfare heard him say Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the 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 guy who's dying, uh, looking at spots on his tongue, mm-hmm. uh, reminds me of the guy who lost his marbles in Hook. <laughs> I just watched that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah just yeah. watched that. Yeah, that's funny. I have not seen Hook, uh, unfortunately. Um, but he's fly- He flies at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, he goes out the window. It could be the same actor because they found his marbles. It might be. I don't. I don't know. They. Could the, be. I got. I got similar vibes. It's funny because yeah, yeah. I just saw Hook. Right. Yeah. So it, it, him seeing him there in bed, he has the same yeah. look to his face and stuff too. I don't know. Yeah. Let's talk about the swatches. Um, there's Jesus. a swatch the salesman who That's his the name same Taylor that we've seen before, right? Yeah, we saw him at the wedding. Like yeah. He yeah. gave. He gave uh, Ellsworth those fancy gloves. Oh, yeah, he he's the it. lavender gloves guy. And he's like, he just appears in the scene and just goes like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like fucking woos, Taylor. Yeah. But, like, uh, he shows up and he's, like, very very theatrical also. And he's just like, Al Swearingen, I have something for you. And then Al very uncharacteristically goes up with him to his office and is mostly mute while this dude gives this long presentation about swatches to hide his stump. Yeah, I thought he was going to murder him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. He means well. He's a, just he's just a little much. <laughs> if Al was in a better mood, he probably would have murdered right, him. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Al, yeah, he's lucky, yeah. and like Al, he gets away scot free and sell. I don't. He never pays. Al never pays him for his like fifty different swatches. No. Yeah. But uh, the ones that he throws at mm-hmm. Doc Cochran later. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But he's like he, his not his speech his speech is that he read the Al engine had the top part of his finger cut off in like New York. And bought some swatch. Or he bought some swatches in New York. Then he read, and then he came here to sell him some swatches. And he talks about watching him from the thoroughfare. He was a very handsome man in that particular drinking, time of day. And while he's <laughs> drinking coffee and stuff yeah. out there, and, and it's like, so everybody gets that like this is the the legend of the king, Al swearing the king of the town. And this and this is the, everybody knows his routine, and everybody sees him. Right. Yeah. Well, there's about, Al yep. standing out on his balcony, and everybody notices. That he has a stump now yeah, on his yeah. hand, mm-hmm. which I think is important. Due to some accident. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but everybody probably knows, too. Right, yeah. But the swatches are good for Cochran, who, again, we haven't remarked upon it much, but we've seen him for several episodes coughing. Yeah. And the swatches become this Yeah, when thi- was the last time we even saw him? I don't remember. He just shows up every once in a while and just coughs blood or coughs. And then and then he's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, Brad Dourif was filming Chucky Five. Yeah, this has been going on for yeah, like five yeah, yeah. episodes or something. Yeah. Just <clears throat> for mm-hmm. 30 seconds. And we finally get, we get this react. Well, first we get him, he's like taking care of uh, Harry Manning. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and like, and Shitster, Shitster is, is like, like asking him what his yeah, right. medical he's history doctor is. Over the shoulder of the doctor. Doc Cochran can't speak. You know, right. it's like, and. That's what sucks is like, you know, Doc Cochran would have shushed him. Yeah. You know, shut him down yep. for, for trying to do his job. Right. Yeah. 
but but he's so he can barely carry his bag. He can't get up to go to the meeting. And then finally, Alf catches him in the thoroughfare and points him into the gym and lets him walk out, I think, of his office. But then finally, he picks up the swatches and chases after him mm-hmm. and, like, yells at him that he must live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is very strange. Uh, but it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about Odell Hearst. and Hearst. Yeah, yeah, we haven't talked about Odell and Hearst. Well, which is I do. Huge. Before we go into Hearst, I, I want to point out that Hearst does Al's thing, where he says, "Don't repeat what I just said back to me to Odell." <laughs> like the beginning of their conversation. Yeah. They uh, people. I love. There's so many people who don't have patience to to have their own words repeated back to them. Right. <laughs> like. Yeah. Oh wait, before we move on to them, I guess just so we can finish out the other side of the street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I loved the interaction between Johnny and Silas and uh, oh, yeah. Dan, where... The pecking order of, of who's supposed to know what's going on and Johnny not. can't figure out what the <laughs> fuck's going on over there. Like, why the hell? So we decided we're going to publish decided. this letter, and yeah. then Dan's over there. like, well, yeah, I mean, you know. Better like than fucking... <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and so he... But he keeps, like, looking over at Silas... To, like, back him to up. To be like... Well, and also right. be like, what's... What what did happen? He's like yeah. he didn't really know. He, he just, like he figures out his point as he gets there. Yeah, because thing. because Dan's just kind of parroting what was said at yeah. the at the meeting. Because they don't know what and then, was decided either. Yeah, and then Dan's quickly realizing like he didn't know what the fuck happened either. But Silas is like, I think I know what happened. Yeah, and so it's also highlighting it for the audience. Yes. Like, yeah. 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 These, but but it's unusual. But it's but it's it's varying degrees of uh, um, just ignorance. Yeah, <laughs> which is fun. That's yeah. Kind of, yeah. And then, yeah, you get to see, uh, once again, who doesn't know what the fuck's going on and why they are right. underneath Al. But, but Johnny definitely has to be the dumb one at the table. Oh, sure. And, and uh, that has and, uh, to be maintained. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and unapologetically so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Even though he's probably right there with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and also on a historical mode, I'd like to point out again that, like, I don't haven't seen, I haven't read Bullock's biography, but I don't think that there's a huge amount of evidence that the real Bullock had a lot of empathy for miners or people being mistreated in the mines. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, he may have. I just haven't learned that yet. But, but he has to be slightly progressive. But, yeah, this, this show is unusual because it's so pro-union. Like, it's, like, literally, like, it's a subtext of it. It's, like, this dude is a martyr. And he died. Oh, yeah. And when we get into the Hearst stuff, I mean, like, the, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's get into the Hearst stuff. I mean. Uh, God, the conversation that he has with Odell in the thoroughfare where he's talking about, like. The, the color. The, the color, which that's a separate conversation. But also, but I just want to say the part where he's basically talking about how um, gold is going to bring everybody together. It is right, the great yeah. equalizer. He's, he's so, like. Pro-money. Like, that's his religion. Yeah, it's just money. Which is we talked about before. Sure, at the very yeah, beginning but, of the but show. But, like, this is the first character that is Embodies evangelical yes. well, about the power and the unifying power of gold yeah. and how it anoints people into positions of power. I wouldn't even be talking to you if it wasn't for if the color. If it weren't for that lump of gold you had in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'd have had you killed if you weren't connected exactly. to it. That exactly. That, that, yeah. that was an insane, that was like, was like, right, like right out of the gate. He's like, I, I mean, I would have had Del's you strung like, up. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> They're having sharing a cigar. Anyway, yeah, and, and he's like, oh, no, don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do worry about but, that. But, you know, Hearst, for once, kind of has a point, which that, you know, uh, you know, if a person can make that money in yeah. a society where which treats them like utter garbage, like, that's a way of getting ahead of mistreatment. But it's and, like a cheap way of getting ahead of it. Because, but it's a way. Yeah, it is a way. And, like, yeah. in this society, like, and like you know, it's just, like... Uh, 
Yeah, that like in a in this sort of awful dog eat dog world, if you've got gold, then these things don't matter. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and he sees that as beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like the historical Aunt Lou was a very successful cook who made a lot of money in Deadwood, uh, made, you know, selling food to people, and uh, she was renowned for that. And you know, like in, here in Memphis, like we have lots of people who had to deal with extreme racism, but they earned a lot of money, and they set up basically their own little castle, uh, you know, away from people fucking with them. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it, Hearst is wrong on almost every point, almost all the time. Yes. He's just this great evil Satan. Right. Uh, but, you know, like, he at least, at least he's, he seems well, a little well, bit well, I mean, well, here's, well, here's the thing. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think he's wrong. I think he's morally wrong. He's actually right on every count that he says. Yeah, yeah, but from a very cynical uh, way of yes, doing yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's technically espousing, like, non-racist ideology as he's saying, oh, yeah, I would have killed you. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you get a sense for his priorities. Yes. And you know that, uh, you know, stuff like that doesn't really matter to him. What matters to him is, is the color. Yeah, his gold. And Odell God. basically had real gold, but he his mistake was he lied about being a parson of a congregation, right? Uh, which he thought would soften up Hearst, right? And Hearst right. is not Hearst religious. doesn't care about that at all. Yeah, he's um, like he's like, oh, you still smell the fucking liquor on your breath. I guess they don't give a shit about that in your church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh no, they do. And it's like, yeah. And so he mm-hmm. yeah he breaks him down over time until he's finally like. What did he say something about like him being fleeced? Also, I love this is a thing that uh, like my like great grandfather used to do is uh, you would take your tea or your coffee and put it into a saucer and and drink it. Oh yeah, it spreads it out to cool it off. That's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's that's, incredibly creepy. That's interesting yeah. because we were talking about that in a previous episode where mm-hmm. it, it it looked. I think she had like poured some milk or something mm-hmm. into a saucer and he was drinking it out of the yeah. saucer like a cat. Yeah. And it was like just creepy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it has a purpose. Yeah, yeah. But it does it's, also have it's, a if it's hot, you pour it into the saucer and, and it lets you it cools faster. Wow. But it but it is creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um also very uh, um not very dignified for a very rich person to pour know. something into a saucer and then the thing is supposed to just has saucers. The thing the thing <laughs> that's just supposed to hold your cup. You know, it's like right, yeah, it's like it's not very. It's, but but I mean, that's but he a doesn't. Function of it, but though. he doesn't give a shit because he knocks out walls. Is like his his uh, his fucking um, balcony is just a no. hole he knocked out he's, of the wall. He's a he, rich guy, but he has has none of the pomp and circumstance no, that a lot of people do. But, you know? but he even notes it in his discussion with Odell. He's like, you know, we learn at one point Odell gets offended. I think he I forget what he says to Odell that Odell stands up in offense. And we reveal that all the people standing around them are pretty much hired guns for mm-hmm. Hearst. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they're all like listening to the conversation. And but they again, all have but hands again, some, their... something that should have. Even EB. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, again, <laughs> but again, something that should have, something like that sort of scene should have already happened in the show to let us know that. That's like, true. That like we don't see he has hired p- guns everywhere. We don't see many of these Pinkertons at all. And not not that I can remember mm-hmm. that there's that he has a bunch of hired guns mm-hmm. sitting around. I mean the only the only threat we're ever presented with before this moment to me is the uh, Captain Turner. Mm-hmm. No, we had we had four people at the beginning of this season. Oh, that's right. I the forgot. people who yeah. are saying parp and yeah, like the, shooting the corners. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but that's but the more on the nose. Uh, sure, but, those, but visually they're out of sight and they're out of mind. And but, it doesn't it, but it also, doesn't keep the threat for us. But also yeah. when I think about them, I think about them being at the uh, mining 
stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's what their main job and is to be. Not like are. not like surrounding Hurst. It's yeah. not like you ever see them like protecting him or anything. They're no. doing jobs for him. No, mm-hmm. I, I, that's a really good point. I think the, sh- the show really it built up Al's hatred of Pinkerton so much, but then it, it kind of fumbles the ball by not making them a visual presence. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, like I, I, you know, I can't speak. Anyway, I'll, I'll say no more for other things. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, what was what was I gonna say about Hurst? Oh, uh, Odell. Shoot. God damn it. Um, talking about the 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 gold that he has and how Hurst is. Uh, Hurst actually uh, gets teary eyed, and and kind of admits in, in partly stemming from his frustration with like Bullock yanking him out of his place by the year. Yeah. He hates places like this. Yes, yeah. he despises it. It's a necessity of what he does. And that, but he'd what, like to burn the whole thing to the and ground. And once again, somebody else talks like essentially about <laughs> fucking burning the place to the ground, just like Al. Yeah. yeah. So basically, as you said before, Hearst is a bigger version of Al. Yeah. He's yeah. like Al with less people skills. It's like yeah. you mentioned earlier. It's like, well, I'm glad that we're not just getting another worse bad guy coming to camp. And yeah. I, and I just sat there like. <laughs> <laughs> But, he just keeps cycling well, but, through devils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he at least he. I mean, he develops into it while Al is sliding back the other way. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Hearst is uh, also in his conversation with Dell very self-aware uh, in terms of he says that the reason that the people around him forbade doing violence against Odell was because they followed his restraint, and the only reason they followed his restraint was because he had more money than them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so money is organizing principle. Uh, they deferred to his restraint. He has a way of saying things, where like I'm sitting in a room watching it on TV, but I'm kind of like like getting tense, you know, like like mm-hmm. I, like I feel like like I have to tiptoe around watching him talk. Yeah, you know, it's like just the tension in in and. Uh, pointedness in the way he says things. Is yeah. Really I mean, even good. like when he when um, he was in the room with Odell towards the beginning of the episode and he walked behind him. I was like, mm-hmm. why would you ever let that motherfucker walk behind you? I would always be like, mm-hmm. where you going? Around. Where you oh, yeah. Let's, Can uh, let's, help you? let's keep making eye contact because yeah. I, I don't I keep I'll, my back right to this door right here. Yeah. This... Learn that shit from Wild Bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Scary motherfucker. Yeah, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he. It's. It's. I guess it's. Yeah. There's Imposing nothing st- and intimidating, but but he's never. He's. He doesn't often directly threaten. There's nothing scarier than someone with principle. Yes. That is driven mm-hmm. like that, and I mean, once again, he talks about how he has to restrain himself. Yeah. From it's because like, like he, we, he drinks the Kool-Aid. Like yeah, yeah. he he believes in his own, you know, because we already talked about purpose. it. Yeah, we already talked about where he was saying like he had to restrain him in another circumstance he would have strung up Odell and killed him and all mm-hmm. this and, but but the the gold has restrained him. Yeah. And yeah. and he's he's had this conversation multiple times where he talked about how he had restrained himself from raping uh Mrs. Ellsworth and killing and, the sheriff. And, and killing the sheriff and right. all that stuff. And it's, it's like, like he's like this caged monster. Right. It's like you you watching it don't realize how close that was to happening. You know? Yeah. And and, yeah. and he's saying like, no, I was right there yeah. on the edge. He had a psychotic look in his eyes with Alma. Like yeah. he definitely looked it's, like really And it's crazy to see him basically like slap down Tolliver, who was that person before him in the show, yeah. and has oh, now God. become his dog. 
Yeah, I love I love that exchange too. I hate to miss that one too. Oh yeah. The, the you know, your role will be to answer like a dog. Yeah. When called right. Knowing <laughs> that failure to do so will result in a smack on the snout. <laughs> it's just like he gave him the business yeah. in that scene. <laughs> well, you know, Milch uh, said like in pitching this to HBO, like he said that you know this you know this is about the trans. He wanted to do a, uh, something from a transition from pagan gods to uh, Christianity. To Christianity, and then they said we already got a Roman series in development, and they switched to this, and this is a transition from Christianity to uh, gold as the unifying principle. Mm-hmm. And under that, and that's that's in this book, Difficult Men, and uh, with this, the, Hearst is like the top capitalist. He is like the purest person. He is like a high priest of like money, mm-hmm. and. It's his religion, and he has a religious... God gave him this the gift. Mo- the money pope. Yeah, he's like a, a holy warrior. Uh, but he's the boy the earth talks to, and he's... Uh, <laughs> the he's, boy the earth talks to. <laughs> he is... He is... Has all the qualities, and he's almost not a character. He has mm-hmm. all the qualities of capitalism unrestrained. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And when he collects all the infinity stones, he's going to snap his fingers and burn down the camp. Burn down the fucking camp. <laughs> <laughs> So petty. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's inconvenienced him. <laughs> he could snap his fingers and have all the gold out of Earth appear as a golden moon around Earth that orbits. But instead, he would just burn the camp down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he could see that color in the sky mm-hmm. shining every day. Yep. So that's, he, he, that's my ball of gold in the sky. Ball of gold. <laughs> You reckon the moon's really made of cheese, Odell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's really quickly talk about uh, Alma, Blazinov, and Trixie in three minutes. Okay. Trixie is funny. What else? Yeah, she, yeah <laughs> she, she's worried about Alma being on the stuff and yeah, is wondering still. what's going to happen to Sophia. But she, she still. and Saul in the, in, the, in the scene by having a commitment to taking care of... Uh, oh, worst comes to worst, we'll, we'll, we'll take, take care of Sophia and then she wants to have sex with Saul because of that. Yeah, and she continues... Well, no, she's putting <laughs> she her hand... Hold his hand. She wants to hold his I hand. Know. This is totally non-sexual. I, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm being a dick. Even though but, they're both very horny. Yeah, yeah all the time. Um, um, but... Okay, the interesting thing about Alma to me in, in this episode is that she's, and I, I mean, I guess she always does this, but um, she treats Sophia like a doll and brushes her hair, and she's not a very good mother. <laughs> she doesn't, it's like everybody else kind of takes care of Sophia for the most part, whether it's uh, Mrs. Bullock. Takes a camp. Or Ellsworth or Trixie yeah. or anyone else. Except for Alma, and then she's uh, kind of selfish again in this moment, you know, where she's where she keeps she can't get off of this shit. Yeah, and I think she she's realizing it again that she needs to get off of this shit and stop being a monster, so she can yeah. take care of this kid that she's already said that she would take care of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Ellsworth has a, a better reaction than rejecting her when she falls asleep while kissing yeah. him last yeah. episode. Yeah. But she's like, like, he is still like, you're trying to get off laudanum. You don't need right. any support. It's best that I just leave you alone. God damn. And it's yeah. like, and it's just like, that's not... That's the worst way to treat addiction. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. She needs, she needs support. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she needs somebody else to take care of that child. But I understand what he's coming from. I think, I think we've already talked about this. I think it's more like, you don't need to feel like you owe me anything. 
yeah. you know. Me being around makes you take the laudanum because you're not satisfied being with me. Right. That's his, that's his, that's his train of thought. But that's also a little bit like Ellsworth, uh, like you said another episode he caught feelings like he he he, yeah he he feels something for alma yes and it's like and that's really more about him than her she needs help right exactly well the other things about more about him than her really too it's just this like way of him being able to sidestep it and not deal with the problem but it's like i'm a little disappointed in ellsworth here i just he looks really cool when he's all he's all like gussied up he has like really nice hair i mean i'm a little disappointed with him but i mean he does think he's doing the right thing he does right yeah in his mind this is i mean this is the honorable thing to do and it's a difficult thing for him yeah Yeah. so so in the in the way that it is difficult, it seems honorable to a dude. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> exactly. He, and he's still yeah. coming to town apparently uh, each night to kiss the child. Even though she goodnight. missed, she missed one of his beard. Yeah. Nice. He, he, he didn't come one night or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, he still is in town. Yeah. And yeah. Then, his yeah. intentions are 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 still honorable. Oh sure. I mean, he just may not be going about it the right way. I mean, he's he's sleeping on the metaphorical couch, the mine, yeah. The, yeah. the camp, the, the, or the, mine, the mining, the mining, whatever. Yeah. He's sleeping out there in the middle of the fucking wilderness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also Blazanov, we he's, oh, yeah. he's talked a lot about the confidentiality communications. In this episode, he goes against that and takes a letter straight to Swearingen because or Telegram. He's ob- because uh, Hirsch is obviously bringing in more guns. Yeah, yeah, twenty five bricks. Yeah, to uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then Hirsch tips him twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. For this, and he's like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Oh, I'm just in such a good mood. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, he didn't give his... Got my bricks coming. Nope, no, no reply. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then oh yeah, well, and he then it ends with the. I thought it was. I thought it was a small detail that was fun. Was that he made two copies of it? So he had the sealed copy that he gave to Hearst, and then he had the other copy that he gave to Al. And Al was that Al destroyed. Of, yeah. 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 But yeah, it's funny how uh, hard times just make everybody uh, compromise their uh, scruples and come on board the the swear engine train. Yeah, the small business owner. Wonder what's going to happen when things go back to normal. Yeah, when and if. But I'm just saying, you know, now when and if. Al's got so many people in his pocket now. The 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 two hour season four. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Two, two hours of season four happen. <laughs> yeah, which I, I don't think we've ever said on this podcast before. We listen to this podcast by saying we are driving to uh, to Deadwood in nine days for the movie From premiere. the recording of this. Mm-hmm. From the recording. Oh, never. not in nine days. It's yeah. four days. In four days. Four days. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for May, May 31st, we, we will be in Deadwood, South Dakota, the actual place. Uh, where they will premiere the movie, which will wrap up the series. Even though these episodes will probably come out after... Yeah, the movie. But you, you already saw it. But yeah. you know, whatever. Editing takes a, time, a little bit of yeah. time. It does take some time. Um, yes. We're backlogged by about twenty episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank, anyways, thank you for watching. Anyways, 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 any fucking ways. <laughs> Alright. <laughs>